Nkuma. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. Welcome back. It's 16 minutes past 10. Thank you so much for your voice notes. Keep them coming. Join in this current conversation that we are starting now on 086-000-2032 and the WhatsApp line 0614104107. The conversation now is about the importance of, if at all, reviving African history and how it can be used to build or even strengthen the nation of the black people around the world. And we premise it on the fact that in the USA, February is what they call Black History Month. And uh, it's celebrated, as I said, in the USA. And it's also uh, acknowledged by pan-Africanists around the world. And uh, the month, for some, is gaining momentum also on the African continent. And it's used uh, in America to remember the cross Atlantic slave slave trade that took place 400 years ago. In light of this, we thought to talk about the importance of reviving and preserving our history in particularly the South African context and how it can be used to build our nation. We invited Menzi Masego, an African history teacher, Dr. Zulu Matabo Zulu, who's an African historian, to join us in the conversation. Good morning to the both of you and thank you very much for making the time. Perhaps let's start uh, with... Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Perhaps let's start uh, with the question of African history because when we say African history, we we start even to uh, talk about it from where and how. Let's start with you, Menzi. Hi. Greetings. So when we say African history... Where do we even start to trace it from uh, as we converse about it? Uh, I would say we start at the atom, but I was going to hope that uh, the erudite elder starts first because uh, I look up to him very highly. And mm-hmm. in African history, we are also, we admire, we, 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 we adhere to African culture. Mm. We can't talk African history without speaking African culture. And in African culture, a young men like myself can't just Kuluma, 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 without the elders speaking first. So can I please ask that? Okay, no problem. Dr. Zulu Matabo Zulu, uh, first they, they say you're an elder, but that's fine, separate. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you very much. Uh, thanks let's, for the opportunity. Let's start with yeah. you. No, thank you very much for the opportunity. And uh, uh, the sentiment in wow. is mutual. So see how it goes. So where do we start? Where do we where do we even when we say African history? What do we mean, Dr. Zulu Matabo Zulu? Yes, so we need conceptualization in this case. Uh, so you know, in a in an in a Western sense, when they talk about history, they are talking about factual accounts of the past, mm-hmm. you know, events of the past. But in indigenous African knowledge system, when we talk about African knowledge tends to be more holistic, whereas Western system is more parochial, parochial meaning, you know, if you are trained in the facts of the past, that's all that you know, you know, Uh, whereas in African uh, knowledge domain system, 
So African history would be part of the indigenous knowledge system, meaning it would be a, a knowledge about history, the facts of the past, but it would also be knowledge about the present, very critical. And the reason is like that is because uh, they, they, they follow uh, nature. So if you look at the nature, like for example, uh, let's say something like a cell, as an animal, like animal cell. A cell is guided by two things for survival. One is going to be the genetic system, which is the in, which is the genetic information about the past, not just the past for that individual, but the past about generations, clans, and so forth who have gone before. And then it is also uh, dependent on the sensory information, which is real-time information at that particular so 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 this is very critical so when we talk about history in the african context we need to have that holistic view yeah so that means that we will talk about the events of the past we must also be able to talk about uh, the present uh, things like uh, diane or radical diane mayele uh, you know, Isaka, you know, axioms, uh, principles, and so forth. Yeah. So that's what you mean uh, when you say African history has to be holistic. Macros. Okay. So, yes. so. Very important. So, I mean, let's bring it, and I want to bring it based on this quote uh, from Carter G. Woodson, who says, those who have no record of what their forebears have accomplished lose the inspiration from the teaching of biography and, 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 and history, which means when children have no context of where it is that they come from, they ultimately find no meaning in how they navigate the world. Am I correct? Oh, very correct. Absolutely. Uh, because uh, this holistic knowledge of African history uh, gives you not only the facts, but it also gives you the context. And, and it is this, this context that provides meaning. Mm. You know, uh, for, for example, you know, in Western knowledge, they tend to divorce uh, emotion from knowledge mm -hmm. you know they, they they tend to speak in a very derogatory way about emotions you know they will say science no emotion stuff like that but actually when you listen to african history african stories you find that emotion is part of the knowledge mm. because emotion provides meaning provides a significance implication for the survival experience of of the organism, so if you, if you, if you listen, if you look at African knowledge, for example, uh, take a, a simple word in Sotho called tsiba, which is to know, and the same in Zulu loazi, which is which is knowledge, and when you decode that word, see is about a sensory experience, mm. and then and then of course ba. It's about the more, uh, water, the arrangement of the water molecules, and the reason why they have this uh, parallel between knowledge and water is because they lived in the savanna, which was a very dangerous place, mm. and it was very important that any knowledge you have, whether we're talking history, uh, we're talking stories, 
it must incorporate the facts of survival, but it must also give you the context and also the emotional experience of that. Yeah, but I do find, Menzi, as as I bring you in, when most of the time, at least from what, what I observe on the outside, when particularly in America, there are black Americans say they're commemorating and are celebrating Black History Month, their focus is largely on what uh, could be quote-unquote deemed excellent black people right and and i ask myself uh you know when you talk only of the the black people that are excellent are you reflecting history in its totality or do you reflect uh do you you know pick out those figures in history that did work uh, that you know is imprinted in the lives of black people uh, more positively and what happens to those that uh you know did things that are negative that should not be repeated going forward. Um, but I think I will touch from what Uncle uh, Zulematabo uh, has said mm. about the issue of uh, contextuality and the issue of uh, uh, the Western paradigm is a paradigm that actually is almost like hierarchical. Mm. Uh, we celebrate the hero. Uh, we celebrate the hero more than we celebrate just the community, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You, your question is about, okay, there are community members who were, for example, sorcerers. But what kind of sorcerer? Was he a sorcerer that was working in times of war or was she a sorcerer that worked uh, 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 towards, uh, you know, in times of drought where they need to make storms or they need to make rain or was he a sorcerer? You know, so there's all these different contexts and different stations of human beings, right? Mm-hmm. But in general, Western paradigm, you always hear about the Hercules, even though it's mythology. You hear about the Alexander the Great, you know. You always hear about the Great, but you do not hear a lot of it. But somehow we have imbibed that also in Africa. We speak about Izibong. If mm. I'm speaking about the Masego people, mm-hmm. I will speak about the people that were leaders in the community. Mm. The, the, the names that I recalled when I when I speak my clan names, I can remember my clan names for about a thousand years. Yes, yes. Right. So this thousand year history of the Masago people is the history of the healers, of the rulers, of the kings and their mothers and their exploits, right? So uh, that's just one aspect of it. But when you speak about African history or black history, since we are talking about black history here, there's uh, etymological connotations that you need to actually consider here. Yes. Uh, the semantics actually matter. You know, are we speaking about black history according to the definition of black defined by certain people at a certain time, particular time? You know, because the, the word black has a beginning. Mm. You know, even the word Africa itself has a beginning. Mm-hmm. Or are we talking about in general? We're just gener- generalizing and saying, okay, black history. Umkulu Zulumatabu mentioned the cell, you know, the nucleus, you know. And I said originally when I started speaking, I said, ah, when you talk about black history, that is the atom, you know. But when I speak about the atom, I'm not thinking about the atom in a Western sense. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about the atom in a almost... A, a divine level when I'm speaking about Atum, the ancient Egyptian concept mm. of the first, the, the beginning of everything, the first thought, the first. I'm sorry, my, my, my boy is opening, a, 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 opening an electric box for, for, oh with, with the electricity. Oh yeah, my anyway. I've got triplets, so I have to look in three directions at the same time. Oi, so, oi. yeah. So, just that's, that's all I mean. So, it's important to look at African history from different vantage points there's a scientific history but i mean the what they started in america when they started black history month just to contextualize it on this particular topic 
they were about remembrance. Remember, they were denigrated. They were people, all of us, were put down, were dehumanized. Mm. They needed to, and they were told they were not great. They are people without a history. They are people without any great invention. They are people of no consequence. So they needed to identify the greatness of their, of both African-American ancestors as well as, uh, of course, conti- uh, global and special, especially continental. They needed to identify people who did something of consequence in terms of nation, national, what would I call it? That's just a national narrative. You yeah. know, the nation building narrative, the scientific achievements, the sports achievements, the cultural achievements, spiritual achievements. So they needed to highlight that. So in yeah. their books, that's who you will find. Yeah. So here yeah. in Africa, when we, because I love the phrasing, uh, you know, we're talking of exploits. We're talking of people who did something that is of consequence. Heroes, uh, yeah. heroes if you may. Um, heroes. So, 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 so in Africa, when we make the determination to document the history of 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 those uh, of those exploits, for example, we can talk about the story of 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 Shaga, uh, Doctor yes. Zulu Matabo Zulu, uh, and then and then Mata. you know. Uh, somebody can easily people somebody <laughs> can can say so why do you put if we're talking exploits and people who did something of consequence uh, do, uh, uh, Dr. Zulu Matabo Zulu why do you include Shaga but then you exclude uh, you know the white guy what's his name Jan van Riebeck the nation builder <laughs> oh, my course. Yes. yes, yes. So, okay, yes. please, please okay. let me ask you to pause your answer uh, because it's time, okay. uh, as I look up at the clock, it's time to go to uh, the news headlines. But when we come back from the news headlines, uh, let's uh, talk about that. How did you t- do we then determine the hero? Who becomes the hero that is documented by history? Who becomes the hero uh, that did something of consequence? And the, how do we elevate one hero over the other. We'll continue our conversation with Menzi Masego and Dr. Zulu Matabo Zulu about African history in a short while. It's 10.30 news headlines. Mudubi Mahalimele is the one standing by. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. Oh, I'm so happy that so many of you are joining the conversation around African history. And we're having the conversation with Menzi Masego, African history teacher, and Dr. Zulu Matabo Zulu, African historian. I see somebody who already says he's wrong. The Greeks were the first philosophers to talk about atoms at, as basic units of matter of all things, not the Egyptians. And KG, let's just say the hero is in the eye of the beholder. And it comes back to my question about the hero being in the eye of the beholder and and uh, uh, Dr. Zulu Matabu, uh, what Mr. Masego uh, said earlier about exploits and people who did something of, of consequence or of value uh, to people. So who do we make heroes and why? Makus, and just before I address the question, I just want to make a correction. Uh, Brother Masego is correct. You see, the the Greek word atom from atomos actually comes from kemet. You see, it comes from the Egyptian word, the kemetic word atom. Now, now the 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 the, the kemets, the ancient Egyptians, their language did not have vowels; it only had consonants. Mm. So obviously, the spelling may change from a vowel point of view. But atom basically. Atum was the, uh, the the first deity in in the Kemetic format, and 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 Greek philosophers like 
Pythagoras. He started, when you read the biography of Pythagoras, he was a student there for more than 22 years. And if you read the biography of a Plato, he was a student there for more than 13 years. So I just want to make oh, that yeah. point. And there are many of them there. So, but just to back to your question about uh, who is the hero and how do we decide if who we make the hero with respect to King Shaga and also Jan van Riebeck. Well, to begin with, uh, when you look at stories, how stories are told, and let's say whether you're talking about the film or we're talking about history, they usually start they usually start with what is called exposition and exposition is about the location where the story is happening mm. so the location is very key they give you the foreground of the location and then from there they will get into the story the climax and all those things so uh, in the african continent this is the african continent so any story that is told here it must be located on the African continent. That's very critical. Mm -hmm. We need to conceptualize about knowledge in that sense, because I lived most of my life in, in North America. Mm. All stories that are told there, for example, in Canada, the stories are grounded in Canada. When you come there, I came there, you know, I had qualifications from University of London and so forth. And they said to me that they would ask me a simple question and say, do you have a Canadian experience? Mm. And then when I tried to tell them, no, I know the job. And so they'll say, no, no, no. Do you have a Canadian qualification? So I had to go to Canadian university to get a qualification because mm. for them, the grounding is, is very key. So John van Riebeck, uh, in as much as he is a hero among some sectors of, the, of, the, of, the, of our society, and we understand that. But actually, the, the the foreground has to be the African natives. That's very key. Very key. So when we talk about King Shaga, uh, we are talking about one of the great heroes. He's not the only one, but uh, King Shaga. We've got people like Mkhorosi, who was the military general of King Mishweshwe. Uh, we have Nlelakasompisi, who was a military general of uh, uh, of King Shaka, for example, and there are many others, uh, you know, with Talin Jebo, Amangamatosa, you know, Sikukuli, Moroka, and so forth. Mm. You see, so 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 the, our stories have to be grounded on the African terrain. That's very critical. We can't have a situation where some European comes from Europe and he becomes the foreground of our stories. It can't be like that. So when, when you teach, Menzi, seeing you are an African history teacher, uh, you know, what is featured in the school textbooks that you teach? Because uh, some would say the contributors uh, of, of history in Africa should be diverse. It should be the people who fought against slavery. It should be the people who fought against, uh, for example, apartheid. It should be people who fought against colonialism. It should, uh, you know, uh, reflect how we got to democracy. And it should include, as you have said yourself earlier, uh, heroes, uh, you know, uh, you know, that uh, are based and are rooted in all of those things that make Africa what Africa becomes today. So when you go and teach African history as a teacher, what do you include in the messaging to your students? Did we lose Menzi or did the triplets win?
Oh no no! I excuse me. I was speaking about the Michael's. Oh. Okay, I thought yeah. that I thought the triplets had won. Uh, but no, I, I no, was no, saying they... so so as you teach. No, I heard you clearly. Okay, I you... heard you clearly. Okay, do you want to respond? Yeah. So I'm saying that the first thing that's important, which is done by a lot of uh, Afrocentric scholars and institutions, just mm. like the one that I've worked with, the Institute of Africology and other institutes, and Mutapa and Ebukosi uh, Solutions with Baba Buntu and all this, we are all. Agree, we all agree on this concept of uh, Sankofa, mm-hmm. which is to go back and fetch it. It's a Ghanaian concept from the, and from the Akan people, mm-hmm. uh, Akan speaking people in Ghana, which says go back and fetch what you, you, know, what, what you may have left behind in your movement forward. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, there are things in African history that were demonized and things that were denigrated, institutions, customs, uh, rites of passage, things that uh, uh, help a human being become umuntu. Mm. Because you're not automatically just umuntu, just because you are born, you're a human being. This concept of ubuntu and umuntu is a, a, a greater there's a greater understanding. There's a how can I say it? it's more nuanced than just saying I'm human, yes. right? So in this rite of passage and in this Sankofa process, we know that it is important to highlight what a person knows at this particular moment and what they don't know that they should know. So first and foremost, do you know the meaning of your name, your surname? Do you know your your, your lineage? Yeah. And then moving from that, from the personal perspective, what is your role in your community? And within your community, what is your role? Because we speak, we speak a lot to young people, we teach young people uh, a lot. Because a lot of the older people, even though older people can resonate with the with, with the teachings of history, a lot of the time, uh, older older people have uh, already these uh, unless they had an opportunity to read earlier in their life. Mm. They have this, a, a tendency to be to hold on to things that they have been indoctrinations of the past or whatever dogma that they hold on to. Right. So when you tell teach them about Africans being able to do certain things. They have cognitive dissonance, like the brother who said, you know, or the sister, who said, no, no, it's the Greeks who did this, or mm. it's the English who did this, because they just don't know. Yes, you yes. Know? So what we teach mostly, uh, there's something like the basic steps towards observance. So you, what are you observing? We share ideas amongst each other. What do you know? And everyone contributes. And we focus on how do you rear in a family setting? How do you rear a girl child? What are the things that a girl child and a boy child should be able to do as they grow up, as they go through certain ages, stages and stages? Because it's, in, it's okay to look at uh, global history and the continental history, but if you do not know yourself, which is the old uh, maxim from the, uh, our ancients, our ancients in Nubia, know yourself first and then you will know God. Yes, you can't know pretend thyself. to know God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't pretend to say, oh, you know God, I have a relationship with Jesus or I have a relationship with Muhammad. Mm-hmm. But if you do not know your own grandmother and what they did and how that whatever they did affects you and how that living memory, that genetic memory is in you. So it's important to know those things. So we learn songs, we learn the importance of clan names, we learn the importance of uh, certain uh, things in nature, the fruits, like certain things that Baba Unkulu Zulamatabo teaches. Like mm. if you read his blog and if you read his books, you find that he looks at the small, most basic things like his Tugilisha, which is a like a, what do you call it, a salamander, mm. you know. We have these stories about Unuabu, 
and, and, and the head, the so, so the head. I'm, I'm and then gathering from what you're saying what, is, what the stories mean until I'm, you go into it and look at the scientific basis of these stories and how they help a human being become a mundo. Okay, l- l- let me go to a quick commercial break mm. and come back because no it sounds also to me fr- and, and from the response of Menzi Masego that it's not just only human being, uh, human beings that should find resonance in uh, uh, how we tell our stories historically. It's all kinds of things. Some even taken from nature. We'll continue our conversation. Point. Welcome back. At 10.42, uh, we're talking the importance of reviving African history and how it can be used to build and strengthen a nation. And we invited, of course, uh, you to call on 086-000-2032. We are in conversation with Menzi Masego, African history teacher, Dr. Zulu Matawa Zulu, African historian, and you want to join the conversation. I see you, Kulegane Shangwane in Guazul Natal. And Santos, you are in Chicago in the United States, and you want to join the conversation conversation. Good morning, Santos. Yes, uh, good morning, Mrs. KG. Uh, nice program. I, I like when asked the question, uh, where do you begin with African history, you know? M- myself, I'll start from Sterk Fontaine, from Sterk Fontaine to Jordan, you know. We uh, know that Africa is the home for humanity. Civilization started in Africa. So, in South Africa, we have the oldest remain of human beings, you know, so our history of Africa starts right in South Africa. Then, from there, uh, we have what they call Australopithecus, Homo habilis, and Homo sapiens. So, for about 2 million years ago, until 60,000 years ago, we had Homo Homo sapiens, which moved from Stone Age to agriculture. So if you look at the Homo, uh, homo sapiens, they started riding South Africa around Limpopo River. That is how we started to have trade with the Arabs, the Indians, the Persians, from 500 AD to 1495. So we have to know our pre-colonial history in South Africa. Mm. It must be taught in the classrooms. Mm, mm. Thank you for your yes. thoughts. We have to know our pre-colonial history and it has to be taught in uh, in our schools. Thank you, Santos. Yes, ma'am. Good show. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Kulegane Shongwane in Guazul Natal. Hi, Kulegane. Siapila, please switch off your radio because it gives me bad feedback. Okay. Yeah. Are we fine? Yes, we're fine. Um. Yes, uh, I would like to also greet Abantu Obabizile na Pogoreito. And uh, I would like to talk about the uh, history uh, yeah, to Ezama African. Oguti, it doesn't only start with slavery or to our Europeans because in a civilization that civilized almost won't So how we had started in Africa. Then this Zamamanji Uguti Sizame Ugubega Abo Yan Fandripik is one of Abandu, Abba, we cannot do that because 
Nabobanti Tinawiri regard them as ama rapists, the thieves that were sent by the queen to come and take off his Zala in Africa. So an African, how we can teach each other to go forward is by also teaching these young kids coming up to call each other king, queen. Then you get to see how to treat each other or how a king and a queen behave in life. Mm-hmm. The, the, thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, your, your radio stayed on. Uh, but, you know, when children grow up, uh, Dr. Zulu Matabo Zulu, children who mm. are growing up in Africa right now, uh, you know, the, the, the little ones, uh, they may be, we, we, are we mistaken in invoking, uh, for example, the name of Nelson Mandela as, as a unifying fo- force across the continent of Africa? But if, if we elevate the name of Mandela, we, are we forgetting that Africa also spawned uh, the likes of Steve Biko, Haile Selassie, Patrice Lumumba, Thomas Sankara, Robert Sobubu. The women. Uh, the women, Winnie Matigizela Mandela, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, uh, Liberia's former president, uh, you know, uh, Namibia's Sarah Kugongwela Amadila, uh, the former prime minister of Mozambique, uh, Luisa Diaz-Diogo, uh, the president of Ethiopia, Saleh Vorzadeh, and, you know, there's, there's a long list, right? Mm. And I'm thinking of, yes. of the children that are learning today as you and I are having this conversation. That's why I started our conversation by saying, so where do we begin and who do we elevate and why and what parts need to even outlive us as that story of history is told? Because for now, most of them only know the name Nelson Mandela. Yes, uh, very, very, very good point there about, um, you know, who do we uh, foreground? What about others who also contributed? Uh, Mandela is the greatest uh, figure, definitely, especially in our liberation history in the land of Azania, South Africa. No question about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the book that he wrote called uh, The Long Walk to Freedom is the greatest book uh, anyone will ever read mm-hmm. and um, and and what's interesting in that book is that he tells a story of when he was a little boy and they went to a mountain school and he graduated from the mountain school and he goes through that and he also tells a story of his father who used to uh, who was a a, a, a counselor to the Batimbu royalty mm-hmm. where there were two uh, for, for, sorry, where where the king had passed on, I think it was King Sabata, Sabata, if I'm not mistaken. And then after the king had passed on, they needed a successor. They consulted the father of Mandela. And it's very interesting. He had two options because there were two sons, possible successors. One was trained in a mission school and the other was trained in an indigenous closer system. And the father of Mandela came back to say the best one is the one who is trained Mm. in the Tosa system, because the one who's trained in the mission school, he's not going to be the best custodian of our indigenous history. Mm-hmm. So I'm making this point, and, and he goes to, de- to details to say that uh, his father was a great historian. He could go back many generations yes. recounting the Tosa queens, Tosa kings, and stuff like that. So the reason I'm making these points is just to say that 
the legitimacy is always important in the foregrounding of a leader. You see, and, 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 and Mandela, there are legitimate reasons why to foreground him, but he's not the only one. You've mm. got the great Steve Pico, very mm. important, mm, mm. right, who started the, the Black Consciousness Movement. And uh, we've got a lot of, of leaders out there. So Mantatis, for example, the, the great military general who was a woman, Musud Wume. Chris Hani, Winnie Mandela, David Webster, Solomon Mandela, exactly. Walter and Algertina exactly. Susulu. Nzinga of, 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 the, of the ancient kingdom of Congo, for Lin, example. Lillian and Ngoi. Lillian Ngoi, absolutely. Lillian Ngoi, exactly, exactly, yes. So I think uh, now, now but, but here is a point I wanted also to make with respect, because you, you made a point about children. Yes. Uh, if you look at how African ancients used to teach knowledge they had their knowledge always had like a, a three segments so they would teach a knowledge in a form of modeling and this is what we call in Sizul Izaka Kasutu so the purpose of those stories is to model is to provide modeling about reality because they were very much concerned with the reality, the context. That was extremely important because as I made a point earlier that they lived in the savannah, mm. a very dangerous place. And you cannot survive in the savannah if you are not in contact with reality. So that's why even the words they use have to do with with uh, reality. So, and, 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 and so now uh, these modeling stories in the form of Diane, Izaka, were there to give a gentle introduction to stories to the children. Okay. Let me, ask course, you, let me ask you to yes. pause your thought, please. Uh, from time to time, I have to go to commercial breaks because I'm obligated by the system that I work with uh, that uh, tells me with a big red light, go to break, go to break. Let me go to break. We'll so why did he need a uh, black director? Could a white director not have... It's not color. It's culture. Explain the difference, because I think we're, we're Steven in a space Spielberg right now. did Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese did Goodfellas, right? Steven Spielberg could direct Goodfellas. Martin Scorsese probably could have done a good job with Schindler's List, but there are cultural differences. You know, I know, you know, we all know what it is when a hot comb hits your hair on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. What it smells like—that's huh? a cultural difference. Not just the color difference. So it's the culture. It's the culture, says uh, Denzel Washington. Uh, but, uh, but the culture and uh, the interpretation of history. For example, uh, um, uh, Menzi, uh, in the Shaga movie, Shaga prefers uh, a short spear, right? But from the statue uh, that we see, he's shown with a long spear. And, you know, nobody really knows, you know, according to history, uh, which spear it is uh, that, that Shaga used. And Dr. Zulu Matabo Zulu, I want you to finish... Your, your thought that you had before we went to break. Oh, thank you very much. Yes. So, uh, so, so, so stories like, for example, uh, as I was explaining, stories like uh, Diane, uh, Isaka, and so forth. These are stories that teach axioms, meaning principles. And then you've got stories like Ditsumo, uh, Inganegwane, uh, Inzomi. Those are stories that, that teach modeling of reality. So that you know, children can understand reality. You know, it kind of gave them a gentle uh, introduction, and it's very critical 
that Africans, when they teach stories, they always make a distinction between two things. They make distinction between the details of the story, meaning operational details, and also the principles of the culture. So very critical, the details of culture and the principles of culture. That's very, they make that difference. But in a Western school, when you take any course, like let's say mathematics, most of the teaching pedagogy is based on operations. Like they'll say one plus one is two, X plus X is two X, X times X is X squared and stuff like that. So Mm. operations is is a very much a paradigm in the pedagogy of Western education. But on the African side, they they have things called lewa. Lewa is the strategic knowledge of culture. You see that? Because they 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 want you to understand that uh, operational knowledge is about the details of the culture. But yeah. strategic knowledge is about the principles of culture. Yeah. So uh, and in answer to your question where do we start? I like what Brother Maseko said talking about Izibong meaning uh, things like, you know, Diredo, Diboko, you know, Izitugo, Izitagazelo. That should be the beginning of knowledge. Yeah. That's so, that, so that at school, because we live in a multi-racial uh, society, Menzi, um, and we have this brutal history in the most immediate uh, past of apartheid and, uh, you know, and and a lot of people think that uh, because we want to uh, you know highlight the brutality of apartheid as a system, and uh, we want to make sure that you know it never ever comes back to the fore, we highlight particularly that as something that we call history. But then there's those that argue that we have to go a bit further down. So when the scholars get together, and let's say school textbooks have to be uh, rewritten. At a political level, how far back should we be going? Back to the atom. Back to the atom. Back to the atom. That is back to God. Because it's basically, uh, for lack of a better word, that is back to God. In fact, there is no back to God. It's just basically uh, because God is at the back, is also at the present, and is also in the future. So when I say we start with, uh, with the creative source, I basically mean we that African people are, it, it's almost like a, a, a magazine now that uh, African people are people who are, uh, uh, we have a propensity for, for, for spirituality. We are very religious people, you know, whether it's a religion that is a, a, a foreign or whether it's a religion that comes from where, uh, from outside of, uh, of, of our milieu, uh, we, we tend to hold on to that and we, we excel in it, Yeah, you know. So yeah. the, the, I, political I have... part, the political part that you are raising is very important because we have to understand the study of African history is also a, a, a work against forgetting. And that forgetting is very crucial because we have in Southern Africa, you are talking about multinationalism, mm. multi-ethnicity in South Africa, where do we begin? We have a lot of entities in South Africa that still thrive on the divide and rule ethic. Mm. Which basically says, no, we came here and new Bantus came from the north and we came here, the land was empty. I mm. think uh, there's, a, there's a term for it. Mm. Called, not scotched earth, but there's something about uh, uh, terra nibbler. I forgot. I, uh, the, the doctor knows about it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. basically, there are people, I won't mention their names, that say, oh, this land belongs to the Koi, uh, the Koi and the San. You Bantu just came from elsewhere, just like us who came by ship. Mm. You see. So, but if you study history properly, you will understand that it, 
the, the, the nations that existed here in Southern Africa for, uh, for thousands of years, if not hundreds of thousands of years, doing things in this, in, 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 in this part of the world. And as I always say to my learners, we are always traveling back and forth throughout the continent. We're always and traveling of back black and people, forth. And also that black people are not only people in the continent. There are black people across in the Andal- in Andalusia. Yeah. There are black people in, in the Pacific Islands. There are black people in South America. There are, Af- there are black people in North America. The melanated people are people that exist all over the world. Okay. I have a minute. I have a minute. That someone has created a narrative that we, uh, we, we, Sumoma Figizor, when Sumoma we Figizor. the most ancient one. I have I have a minute before I have to go to news, no uh, uh, and I just want to ask a final question to the both of you about why specifically black, and I say black, and I underline the ah. word black. Black history has to be taught at schools in South Africa. Doctor Tabo, Doctor Zuluma Tabo Zulu. Marcos, yes. Uh, you know, instead of black history, I would say African history. African because history. black is really has to do with the skin color. Okay. Whereas African has to do with the culture. So we have to teach so African history in uh, South African, African history, schools. Yes. And you, yeah. uh, Mr. Masego? I have to concur because our culture is very paramount. It's our DNA. It carries everything from our languages to our sciences to our very being and our divinity. Yeah. So African history. Even if you can find another word like Kemetic history, you know, black history, Nubia history, Bantu history. Marcos. Even though some people say we are not only all Bantu. Yeah. You know? So black is a political term. Yeah. Africa is a more historical. We, we could spend the whole day talking about this. Yeah. So we can't, you know, unfortunately I have time constraints, but I appreciate your thoughts uh, and mm-hmm. the preparation that you put into uh, this conversation as we have it. Menzi Masego, go take care of those triplets, African history teacher. We appreciate your time. Dr. Zulu Mataba Zulu, African historian, we appreciate your time. It's 1101. Mudupi Mahalimele is standing by with the news.